1: Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN
2: or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Thursday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presents by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. More thoughts and more uh, kids, part of the kids, now soon to be college students, part of the 2022 class. Emmett Johnson, five minutes away, the Mr. Football for Minnesota. Great running back in high school. Wants to do that here in Lincoln. We'll hear from Emmett shortly. Brian Buscini is going to be a name that you're going to smile about, I think, if you're a Nebraska special teams fan or we'll get back on the special teams bandwagon, a tremendous punter from Montana. We're loaded up this hour, Brandon Vogel from Hale Varsity will join us. We'll talk some football with him, but also get the preview tonight for the Final Four, Nebraska and Pitt Husker Volleyball, looking to get a date set for Saturday. And then in Hour 2, Gary Barnett will join us, his take on uh, recruiting on some of the portal options at quarterback, Jeremiah Searles with us. We'll get Searles' thoughts on the class and some of the O-line question marks. And then Danny Burke with VEASAN Sports Network. Three NFL games to circle in on. One kicks off tonight here on ESPN with Westwood. One's coverage of the Chargers and Chiefs. Numbers to get in. 466-3776. 466 800 800- Eight two five five eight six five. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal and can email chris at halevarsity.com. All right, uh, we are going to do the virtual cracking of a beer right now in celebration of Elijah Herbal finishing his last final. Congratulations, sir. Thank you. I even did well in the final, too, to cap it all off, so... Got you it. just didn't mail it in. I I kind of mailed
3: it in, but the final wasn't too bad. I was showing up to class actually and doing all the work I was supposed to be doing. So got an A on the final, A plus in that class. So well,
2: you are an academic all world performer. I hope I'm.
3: Uh, we'll see. I'm. I'm right in that line of graduating. Uh, cum laude and magna cum laude so we'll see which which side i fall on yeah i didn't get to sit with you kids <laughs> <laughs> ever i know my family would be so disappointed if i'm only cum laude <laughs> hey I'm, I'm proud of you
2: dude congrats way to juggle it and way to knock it out yeah so, I, I celebrated with a couple dollar cheeseburgers for the show you did crush it and just two for you <laughs> there we go so let's talk quarterback portal we'll hear more from Coach Whipple and uh, some great stuff from Mickey Joseph. We had a lot of Coach Whip yesterday. A couple more thoughts from Mickey Joseph. His plan of attack, uh, that will happen this hour. But, uh, you know, Miles Brennan was in the portal. Now he's out of the portal. He's going to stay with LSU, which kind of makes sense. If you're Brennan, you you know what's here. Uh, Look, quarterback play has been pretty good under Coach Kelly at Notre Dame. Now that they've had a ton of guys go to the league, but they've had very competent quarterbacks, and they've been a a 9, 10, 11-win football team with their quarterback play.
3: They've had more than competent. Ian Book was technically a Heisman candidate. And then you had uh, this year Jack Cohen, who was a career average player at Wisconsin, turned into one of the better quarterbacks in the country this year. I wouldn't call him one of the best. I think that system lends itself well to quarterbacks, but he played really well for that
2: uh, that Notre Dame team this year. He, He went away from being a manager. Yeah. Right, sure. uh, under under Coach Kelly. So uh, the Dominoes uh, started off with Rattler earlier in the week to USC. The other USC, you have uh, the reality here of Dylan Gabriel. It's not Ole Miss. It's not Nebraska. It's going to be Chip Kelly and UCLA. Gabriel, a Hawaiian kid. Well, LA's a little closer to Hawaii I think he could kill it in that system. Miles Brennan is sticking and staying uh, at LSU. We'll see what happens with Max Johnson, mm. the other quarterback. Uh, it's Brad Johnson's son. And uh, we'll get Coach Barnett's thoughts on that. But you have Slovis out of USC. He's a three year starter with two years to play. And here's the interesting dynamic before we get to Emmett Johnson. Uh, you have Coach Whipple is a a Phoenix a Scottsdale guy. You've got a lot of these quarterbacks that have all come from that region. Could there be a connection? with uh, Slovis being a Scottsdale quarterback and, of course, Whipple's connections down to Arizona. And I'm starting
3: to lean towards these Nebraska coaches slow playing it, seeing who's available after the spring and, and yes. testing out the quarterbacks on the roster during spring football. That's the way I see the winds blowing right now.
2: Let me see what uh, what our friends that are on campus can do. And you have Torres uh, that just signed. Another kid who just signed, Emmett Johnson just a super talented back out of Minnesota, Mr. Football uh, the Weapon. Emmett Johnson with us you can find him on Twitter at Emmett Johnson underscore. Emmett, uh, thanks for time with Hale Varsity Radio. How was the experience for you yesterday? Take us through your signing day.
4: Yeah, uh, the experience was good. You know, I just woke up in the morning and it was a big day for me. Uh, throughout the school day, I was just thinking about <laughs> you know, the college signing after school and everything and it was just a fun day to be at school. A lot of people were excited to see where i was going and and then the signing was after school at three o'clock in our parlor at our school where we hold the other signings usually and we started it off by having an uh, introduction and then my family was there with me up there with me and and they gave they gave some time for my family to speak and uh they spoke about me and my my coaches spoke about me also uh and just um, and then took me through the they took me through the uh the journey. Of, of how of how I got here and stuff like that and then I spoke and just uh, gave all my thank yous and talked about how Nebraska was a good fit for me and stuff like that and then I made the decision and it was really exciting because everybody was there that's been supporting me throughout uh, the years and it was just it was a fun day for me.
2: Was it pretty emotional for you and your family?
4: Yeah, I would say it really was emotional. I was trying to hold it in but it's something I've really worked for as a kid. And to see where I uh, came from and where I am now is, it's just crazy. And I just uh, keep thanking God for it because my family's big on faith, and we just keep praying about it. And I've been working so hard for this, and it's just exciting. It means the world to me.
2: Emmett Johnson's with us, uh, running back from Minnesota, Mr. Football in the great state of Minnesota. Part of Nebraska's class here, hail varsity radio. Emmett, take us through your perseverance, your story and uh the senior year is incredible uh 42 touchdowns 2500 yeah. yards take us uh, yeah. through that path that build up and then obviously the mm-hmm. payoff
4: yeah so uh, i started playing football at the age of 8 uh at mcrae park a park here in uh, south minneapolis and i fell in love with the game ever since i was 8 years old uh my parents are both from Liberia, africa and they uh they yeah they came here when they were about Around my age, around 17, 18, and uh, football is a sport that when I first played, I just fell in love with the excitement of it, and I really wanted to be good at it. So I really spent a lot of time during the off season uh, working on my craft. Uh, me and my brother, we didn't have a lot of, we didn't have like a role model or anybody to look up to. My parents, they weren't, they they played sports but they didn't play football and stuff like that. So we just worked out every off season, and I started to realize as I got older, you know, the competition got better, so. That's just how much harder I had to work, and as I uh, started playing, I been, I was playing really well, and uh, I just I just kept working. That's all I just kept doing is working, and then I I chose to attend the Academy of Holy Angels, in which I came in my freshman year, and it was really rare for freshmen to play at Holy Angels, so I came in and I worked really hard, and I I made special teams and stuff like that my freshman year. I played a little bit of offense, a little bit of defense, but I didn't really uh, get the amount of playing time I really wanted but it was a good lesson for me and just made me work even more harder and it was a a big lesson for me that I took in to that next year so my sophomore year I came in and started over a senior at running back that was my first time starting on varsity for uh, offense and I I took advantage of it and just showed the hard work I paid off I think I had had over a thousand rushing yards my sophomore through senior year but I think I had a thousand two hundred yards that year and we went really far that year, lost in the semifinal game against a really tough team, and that was that was a really great season for me. But it was another lesson that I took into my junior year. So, junior year we had COVID, uh, which was it was bad. And well, we had a we had a half season. We had the blessing to play a half season, and I capitalized on it a lot. I think I had a thousand yards too, also, but it was a half season. So I was on my way to three thousand yards possibly if I would have kept playing. And we won the section championship and made it to state, but we didn't get to play in that. So that was something too that really is a bummer. But again, I, that same offseason, I went to camps and just worked hard, kept working out. And my senior year, I just, I just, it was the best year for me because it was just my my last time playing for all the angels. And uh, the harder work I put in just started to expand, and I started to get faster and stronger. I got faster through running track. And that really prepared me for this, this senior year season. I really every game, uh, I had over uh, 100 rushing yards. We played top teams in the state, and I had eight or more, eight or more games with four or more touchdowns. So that just shows the hard work I put in. And it's not even just that. I just do whatever it takes for the team to win. I also play defense. If people didn't know that, I play safety on defense, and I had a lot of te- I was second and tackles from our team, and really just whatever it took to win the game. But that's just my story on how. I came up from a young age, and the hard work that I put in really paid off now, and that led to this uh, great season in which I wish we could have won the state championship, but we had a really great season, and me winning the Mr. Football Award just meant everything, too, because it's something I dreamed about. So now I'm here, just made my college decision, and I'm ready ready for the next chapter, and I'm just going to keep working hard and see what happens for me.
3: Talking with the newest Husker running back, Emmett Johnson, here on Hale Varsity Radio. And and Emmett, for any Husker fans out there who haven't gotten the chance to see you play yet, whether it be in person or or on tape, is there anyone in the college or NFL that you've tried to model your game after someone who you say, yeah, Yeah. that's how I want to play. I want to be just like that guy.
4: Yeah, uh, growing up, I watched a lot of Adrian Peterson here for the Minnesota Vikings. I watched him play, and people also say I play similar to Reggie Bush. Uh, Those are... Two people that I've watched a lot of film on, and my game is similar to. And yeah, I just took I took little notes from his game uh, growing up, and I really I really watched a lot of his games, and I watch his highlight before every one of my like my games. And you can see in the film that the stuff he does in the NFL is similar to the stuff I've been doing in high school. But now to to actually uh, be in high school and beat his uh, rushing rushing record and touchdowns and stuff like that, it just means a lot and just shows the hard work I put in. But, yeah, those are people I looked up to. And, yeah, that, yeah, those are the two people I really looked up to. And uh, outside of just football, I would say uh, Michael Jordan and uh, Larry Fitzgerald are two people I look up to as well and just how they carry themselves, uh, not just on the football field, but their mentalities. For Jordan, it's his mentality that I take away from him. And just to have that mentality, same with Kobe, Mama mentality, just trying to um, go out every day and be the best player I could be. And Larry Fitzgerald, he came out of my school, also Holy Angels, and he's somebody that I've spoken to a couple times. And I just see the way he carries himself now, and it's just it's it's, it's a blessing to be in this opportunity and be on this path because uh, hopefully one day I could be just like those those players. So,
2: Emmett, who did you connect with with Nebraska? Uh, take me through Nebraska's yeah. recruitment and how uh, yeah. how it felt like a fit.
4: Yeah, so I uh, I first talked saw Coach Shenander and Coach Brown, Coach Ron Brown, and I came to my first game when you guys played against Iowa, and I just felt loved ever since I, I stepped on the campus. Uh, I got there, and I met a lot of the coaches. You know, they showed me around. I got to go on the field before the game, and I just seen the environment, and that's just something I, w- I would love to play in front of. It was just a really nice environment to be in, and just meeting the players and meeting all the staff and everything, I just felt really loved. Uh Coach Frost, he just told me about the good things he likes about me, how competitive I am, uh, how much of a leader I am, and that just meant a lot. So, and they 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 took the time out of their day to come here to Minnesota and visit me, which is another blessing. And it's just it was the, the most love I've been shown. You know, the kid being from Minnesota, uh, Nebraska showed me the most love, and and that's just the place that I, I thought would be perfect for me, and not even just football wise, but academic wise. But the coaches that I really talked to a lot was uh coach brown i've been in contact with him the most uh he's he's a he's a veteran you know he's he's been playing he's been he played football for a while and he knows a lot about the game and he's been around for years so it would be good to play for a coach like that who knows what it takes to get to the next level as well as he's gonna tell you if you're doing something wrong and uh just give me a lot of advice and help me build as a person
2: and do you, do you know who's gonna be coaching you
4: yeah so i i i i think coach Brown will be the running back coach I'm not for sure Mm -hmm. but he may be the running back coach I just met the uh, new Pittsburgh offensive coordinator who came in also uh, it was nice to meet him and uh, I just know that their offense is really good at Pittsburgh and I watched them on them too as well so I'm really excited for what he has for the offense this year but I know Coach Brown will be around. He's been around there for a long time, so I don't think he's leaving anytime soon, which is great. So it'll coach, be fun to play in front of play coach, a coach like
2: that. Coach Brown's done a great job uh, for decades at Nebraska, whether it be wideouts or, yeah. or running backs. He's really developed yeah. well. Emmett, we'll, we'll wrap with this, and it's been great to to meet you. Uh, Emmett Johnson with this uh, Mr. Football in, in Minnesota, at Emmett Johnson underscore on Twitter is where you find him and uh a big time back i just like your combination of of size and speed and is that fair to say that it's uh you're not just kind of a one trick back but you're you're pretty multiple mm-hmm. with what you bring uh yeah. in the running game
4: yeah i'm glad that you asked that cuz uh, that's something that you know i that people see in high school that i've did throughout the years is i put on a lot of muscle and uh, that's i'm going to have to put on more muscle in college but I've worked, I've worked out a lot, and and I, I don't see myself as just a one style back. I can do many uh, different things. Uh, I'm, I'm actually a really good route runner. Uh, I can get into space. I can get you the tough yards. I, I just have a tough mentality, so that's something that I'm able to adapt to a lot of different offenses, which is why I'm not really worried going into college because I know that whatever the coach wants me to do, whatever it takes to win, that's what I'm going to do to win the game. So I would say my style of running back is. I can do a little bit of everything, which is great. But I'm gonna improve on every aspect just to be the best player I can be and help out the team as much as possible to
2: get the win. Do you like uh, between the tackles? Do you like bouncing it?
4: Oh, uh, see, uh, that's that's another thing. I've I've learned to at the next level, you got to get the tough yards. So that's something I've been learning to and doing. But I can do both. Mm-hmm. I, I would say. Uh, I mean, I like I like making people miss a lot because <laughs> that's <laughs> just something that I'm really good at uh, with my cuts. But I've also learned to get the tough yards, and those yards add up. So whatever it takes and whatever a coach needs of me, that's what I'm willing to do.
2: Emmett, best to you. Congrats, and uh, we'll talk again. Thanks for your time today.
4: Yep, thanks for your time, too. uh, Thank you. I appreciate it.
2: Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR.
1: And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio?
2: On Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
3: Yes! That's awesome!
2: Good stuff from Emmett Johnson. Uh, really tremendous young man and excited to be in Lincoln. Brian Bushimi, the Piner from Montana. Next segment coming up. We say hi to Brandon Vogel is uh, he is already the set dig and spike his way to a final four uh, at Brandon L Vogel on Twitter his book dream like a champion with John Cook and at Brandon L Vogel on Twitter Vogues big night tonight we'll get some thoughts on football and recruiting and portal quarterback and all that good stuff in a moment but let's dive right in man uh, Nebraska able to, to whack Texas that's always sweet now you carry it over. And here is Pitt. It's an all Big Ten VACC challenge, right? Uh, what are your What are your initial thoughts here, just on this season's journey before we talk about tonight's matchup?
5: Yeah, pretty pretty impressive in terms of the season's journey to to, to get to this point. I know Coach Cook yesterday in Columbus kind of expressed the opposite of that, saying oh, he didn't know if he did it right, if you know, he kind of pulled the right levers and pushed the right buttons with all of the, the lineup experimentation. But fact of the matter is they still got here. So from the outside, it looks pretty impressive to me. And, you know, it, it's kind of interesting how you, how it sets up. You've got number one in the Big Ten versus number one in the ACC on, on one side of the bracket, and then number two in the Big Ten and number two in the, in the ACC on the bracket side of the bracket. So, all of the teams Nebraska potentially would have faced in the Final Four probably would have been a matchup of their offense against Nebraska's defense. And this game against Pittsburgh tonight, it's no different.
2: Brandon Vogels with us, Hale Varsity Radio Huskers in Pitt tonight on ESPN, the national semifinal, pit number three, Nebraska. I'm air quoting here, the 10 seed. But uh, they've really come together. Uh, John Cook said Wednesday, a little deja vu here when it comes to 2016, right, Uh, with uh, the run they've put together. And uh, Coach Cook has these guys peaking, gals peaking so well right now with freshmen and seniors, and it's a wonderful mesh. Is experience going to be the decider tonight? Pitt's really good. Pitt's also new to this.
5: Yeah, I think, it, I think it could be. And I think that's something that definitely plays in Nebraska's favor. Um, you've got, you know, I mean, a good portion of Nebraska's team is young. A good portion of Nebraska's team is in their first year. But I still think you get get to lean on somebody like Lawrence Diverings, somebody like Nicklin Haynes, somebody certainly like John Cook, where they've been here. They expect to be here. And – that should provide a benefit. Um, we'll see, you know, once you get into a match and you get into the kind of the, the flow of things and how things go, all that may be out the window. But just Nebraska, having been here before, I think gives them a little bit of a leg up against a, a pit team that's very good. It's not to take anything away from them. It's, it's the same way we talk about it with football or basketball or baseball or anything else of a team that's kind of getting to a higher point than it's been before, are they ready for that? And we'll find out. Um, It's been really good throughout ACC play, but playing in the Big Ten is is kind of a different game.
3: Yeah, Brendan, would you say Nebraska is the more battle-tested team, especially now that they've made it past a, a very good Texas team in the Elite Eight, uh, and that wasn't even on a neutral floor, that was on Texas's home court, a very tough environment against a very tough team, not to mention the fact that Nebraska made it through an entire Big Ten slate. Uh, it just seems to me that they've had the, the stiffer competition on the year.
5: Yeah, I think, I think week in and week out, any team playing in the Big Ten, that's, probably going to be the case. Um, so, Pitt's losses this year were to Louisville, who's also in the Final Four and undefeated in the number one seed. Um, very good job by former Husker Danny Busby and Kelly there. And, and, and they lost to Georgia Tech, the team that almost made it to this, to this Final Four. So, they, they've beaten everybody they should. They've been building to this point for multiple years and and it's been an impressive rise for the Pittsburgh volleyball program. Now Nebraska has to go out and, and kind of make it look like, Oh, we've been here before versus, I mean, it feels a lot not to relate everything to football, but it feels a lot like kind of the Alabama Cincinnati. I don't, I don't find a lot to take exception with, with, what Cincinnati football has done this year, but you're going against Alabama, who's here every year, and that's kind of the Huskers' big advantage in this match.
2: Brandon Vogel with us, Nebraska Pit tonight, volleyball national semis on ESPN. So, Vogues, uh, we we talk about experience, we talk about uh, being here. This is a, a familiar rodeo for Coach Cook and some of his seniors. Uh, tell me what Nebraska's defense can do against the Pittsburgh offense. Give me the the contrasting styles here.
5: Yeah, so so like a lot of teams that get to this point, you know, volleyball in in a lot of ways is, is pretty similar to football in that excellent offense tends to tends to kind of run the show, and, and Nebraska has gotten there through excellent defense. In fact, they stand out among the, the four teams remaining because if you're looking at matchups, whether that's Nebraska pit tonight or if Nebraska should go through Nebraska versus Wisconsin or Nebraska Wisconsin or Nebraska Louisville, all of those are basically a proposition of can Nebraska's defense be better than the opponent's offense? And we, we see that often in the football realm. I, I, I liken Nebraska volleyball in this Final Four a little bit to Georgia, which just dominated teams defensively. And they have, like, Nebraska volleyball keeps kind of every ball up. They're just, they're really, really good in terms of floor defense. Pittsburgh's hit for a high percentage, they, they age for a high percentage, all against. Well, not all, but mostly against ACC competition, which is, which is pretty good. So, is that going to win out? Or is it going to come down to kind of the service line? Both teams are good serving teams. And can Nebraska's offense rise to a high enough level to, to get some kills against this, this pit defense? So, it's, it's, it's a tough one to figure for me. Because, I don't know, you know where the game's at. You know how Nebraska is kind of running counter to, to what volleyball is at the moment. And they get it against Texas. Um, I, I think Texas, they were seeded above Pittsburgh. They're probably a better team than Pittsburgh. But you get into these matches where it's a one-game scenario, and it's kind of tough to tell.
2: Brandon Vogel's with us Nebraska pit tonight Uh, Brandon Vogel with Hale Varsity Managing Editor of course his book John Cook and Brandon collaborating on Dream Like a Champion Vogel's going to go to football now and uh, get your thoughts here on on what's next for Nebraska quarterback Uh, Miles Brennan uh, has said I'm just going to stay on the bayou (laughs) so where does Nebraska look Uh, also you have uh, Dylan Gabriel off to uh, Chip Kelly land so I guess my question is: Do you have eligibility, and how is your arm?
5: <laughs> my arm was never good. Um, I could I could play at least at the high school class C one level. I could play football a little bit, but I was never in contention to be the quarterback. So I'm going to remove myself <laughs> from uh, from from that conversation. You know, I think I th- I really do think. Um, so we've seen a lot of transfer activity leading up to the bowl game. And we've seen a lot of draft app opt outs leading up to the, to the, to the bowl. That's just the reality of college football at the moment. I think we're going to see another wave of transfer portal entries after this bowl game. I mean, there's just been so much change on the coaching front up to this point. You've got some guys, I mean, Matt Corral at at Ole Miss is a good example. He's a guy who said, like, probably has every incentive to just be like, yeah, I'm not going to play this bowl game. I'll get myself ready for the draft. But he said, I'm not that kind of guy. I'm playing. How many of those guys do you have? And how many of those guys still have eligibility remaining? So I think there's going to be a kind of second wave of – potential transfers, not just a quarterback, but at all positions. But so I I think Nebraska will, will be okay. I think it's good in this case to kind of play the slow game with that and really search for, for the best fit. I mean, Mark, Mark Whipple kind of got to Nebraska a week ago, a little bit more than that, but there's, there's still a long process here to, to play out for the Hustlers. So I'm, I'm confident there will be quarterbacks available if that's the route they're going to go. And I don't know if they have the luxury to wait until after spring games, but they'll probably be a third wave after spring games. So I think Nebraska is hoping to find kind of that middle with somebody they can get in before spring football.
3: Brendan, when you look at what's already here on the roster, would, would you say it's fair to say that quarterback probably isn't the biggest position of need in the transfer portal? I understand that quarterback's probably the most important position on the field, but I think Nebraska's got some guys that they feel comfortable, or if they had to throw them out there next fall, that, that they would feel confident there, whereas they don't feel the same at other positions.
5: I would agree. I mean, we've already seen them add one transfer from the FCS level uh, at, uh, offensive line. And they extended a new offer to another FCS offensive lineman. So I think that's probably the big one. Like if you're just running down the list, like with with Cam Jurgens off to the NFL, like this is kind of going to be an entirely new offensive line. Like you've got your two tackles who have played a lot of games, but it didn't go well, it, particularly in pass protection this past year. So you've got to, kind of, I guess, forecast out what you expect from that. And then you've got Nori you've got who is, is versatile and could be an answer at center, but they need, they need help on the offensive line. You could, if you can find somebody like an immediate playmaker or a wide receiver, you take them. You probably need one at running back, um, just, just kind of looking at the production that Nebraska has had. So there's, there's a lot of pieces here, and I mean it's, it's also new, like the, this the transfer portal and this past signing day, and you saw some classes that were really, really low and ranked low because of it. And I would put Nebraska's in that category where you're kind of banking on being able to add something somewhere else. So, I think Nebraska is going to be pretty active in that market. As far as QBs go specifically, I think it's good to be a little bit slow on that.
2: Brandon Vogel with us from Hale Varsity. Vogues will get caught up on Saturday. Thanks for the insight today, bud. Yes,
5: yeah, thank you.
6: Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of twenty nine ninety nine. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code GBR and now
2: and now back to Hale Varsity Radio back into it it's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery Chris Schmidt Elijah Herbel and Nebraska's done a good job recruiting this 2021 cycle uh, in the high schools and the JUCOs and of course the portal we head to Montana Brian Buscini, uh joins us uh, standout punter Brian thanks for taking time with Hale Varsity how's your day? Uh, doing well
7: and just uh, out doing some shopping with my wife, and we're packing up the house one last time before we uh, head out. Just getting excited for our move to Lincoln that we have coming up.
2: So I got to ask, um, are you helpful or in the way? And I know what category I'm in when it came to moving.
7: Oh, I'm I'm definitely in the way. <laughs> I'm I just kind of sit in the back and she tells me move this here, or move that there, and. That, that's
2: that's a yes, ma'am, and I'll get it done. <laughs> there we go, Listen, Brian. Take us through uh, this opportunity with Nebraska. Incredible success with the Grizz, of course. Uh, with what you did, I mean, 28 kicks of 50 plus yards. You pinned 30 inside the 20. That's a long field for someone to travel. Uh, so your skills well documented. How did Nebraska end up on your radar, and vice versa? I know how. I know how you ended up on Nebraska is they need. Uh, they need better, better kicking game. Uh, and you've, you've obviously proven that in your career.
7: Yeah. So um, I entered the portal Monday morning and within an hour, I had a text received from uh, Trent Mossbucker and um, he kind of introduced himself and introduced uh, the coaches. And then we hopped on a FaceTime and talked to coach Frost and all them. And, um, you know, they kind of introduced me to Nebraska a little bit about what it was about. And then we hung up and Kelly and I, uh, Kind of started to talk about it before uh, I decided to transfer. We had kind of had a checklist of things we were looking for in a place we were going. And, you know, off the bat, we, uh, right after that first call, we were like, okay, that checks off a lot of things we're looking for. That sounds great, but we were going to keep our options open for a little bit and see what else I got. And then we got back in contact with the coaches about midday and had a long call. It went really well. And it kind of really laid out a good life plan and what our lives would look like there. And, you know, throughout the day I received other interests but never never really received anything that would interest me anywhere near as much as Nebraska did. And um, you know, we called the coaches back that evening after several hours of talking about it and um I just we couldn't think of a place we'd rather go than Lincoln and it seemed to fit everything perfectly and it's just been a wonderful experience and new and we made the decision to commit super easy.
3: Tell me, what's the the top thing that you saw about Nebraska that really stood out to you and made you go, "Yeah, that's going to be the place for me."
7: Uh, I think the the love and the support the coaches showed—they um, really did a good job of facilitating our needs, and they just went out of their way to make us feel welcome and make us feel special. And um, you know, I had a couple of requests on things that I was hoping to find, and you know, they were able to meet those and far exceed them, and it just meant a lot to me and uh, my wife and I are just ever
5: grateful to them for that.
2: Uh, Nebraska punter Brian Bushidi with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, transferring in from Montana. What was important for you on that checklist? You mentioned you had some things that were, were important. You hit portal, and everyone's going to come running, and especially with your skill set. So, tell me what was kind of one, two, or three on that list that, that you needed to, to have met.
7: Yeah, I think the first thing we Terry and I were looking for was a safe area to buy a house, because that's was one of our goals, and Kind of a safe town, with obviously the real estate in Lincoln's very strong, and uh, that was kind of checklist number one. And Coach Bush was able to really help us out with that. And the second one was uh, kind of just looking for a program where um, I'd be able to go train for a little bit each summer with my coaches down in Birmingham, because Coach Mike McCabe and Coach uh, Matt Thompson really have helped me a ton through uh, through my career, and being able to connect with those guys again each summer was something pretty important to me and you know the main decision and reason why I decided to transfer was to pursue my dreams of always playing at a huge huge level school like 90,000 FBS kind of school and um, you know Nebraska's fan base is second to none and it was just it was truly truly a blessing to receive an offer and see all the support that came in and being able to follow in the footsteps of a man like Sam Cook really just shows me that I have the opportunity to go to a place that's super special and storied with the specialists and being able to follow in those footsteps is, was a big thing for me as well.
2: What was your first impression of Coach Bush? Bill Bush been in a lot of spots, uh, second time back at Nebraska, and uh, he has done an amazing job on the recruiting trail and also on the sidelines. Uh, what was your interactions like with him?
7: it was absolutely wonderful. He's a super nice man. He cares truly about who I am and Kelly is. his People outside of football, and he's gone out of his way and above and beyond to facilitate our needs and to connect us with people out there in Lincoln. And you know, we've been on the phone a ton, and it's just been really, really special to see. And um, you know, this process has gone so smoothly because of him. And I've looked into a lot of the special team stats that they had when he was their coordinator back around two thousand and five, and um, you know, it meant a, meant a lot that they uh, had some really good units back then, and I, I really hope that and I think that we'll be able to get those special teams units back up to where they were.
2: So, what made you a fan of Sam Cook? I know you've you mentioned uh, Sam. Uh, we're big fans of Sam as well. Have you been able to connect with him? And then, what, what sticks out about Sam's career to you?
7: Yeah, I think the way he pumps the football and his style. I would say I try to model my game after him the most, and. Um, we have a pretty similar body type and size and he utilizes a bunch of different types of punts and he's super creative about how he punts the football and that's exactly like to at how i want to model my game you know he does everything he can to help out his team such as you know only worrying about the net punt getting good hang time putting the ball directionally um, and that's exactly how i feel about punting should be and uh, there's a video on youtube about uh, him and how he utilizes a bunch of different punts and I probably watched that video 500 times, if not more, and, you know, every time every time I watch it, it just uh, reminds me of what what I want my game to look like and how I kind of want to be able to punt someday.
3: Tell me, I assume you know the staff, top because I think I've seen that video, too, where he says exactly how many punts he has in his arsenal. How many is it? It's like,
7: I think he's got 11, but I think there's a couple that he didn't really – we'll elaborate on there too, but he's got you know boomerang hooks, knuckles, turnovers, and fades and draws, and he can do all sorts of things with the ball. He can make the ball draw down the sideline and make it carry it out of bounds so he can hit helicopter punch, knuckle balls, all these different things. And you know, The more I can do that, the harder it'll be for returners to catch it in the Big Ten and um, if I'm able to you know, perfect a few of those punts each of the years coming up, I think I can uh, turn my punching into a pretty uh, pretty good part of uh, the University of Nebraska Special Teams
3: game. Brian, before we get you out of here, how many punts do you have in your arsenal, and, and what's your favorite?
7: Yeah, I have um, I don't have quite as many. I've got a banana punt, and I've got I'm working on like a reverse punt, so I, it kind of like turns over like a left-footed punter, so I kind of hit it inversely, but to be honest with you, there's nothing quite like hitting just a normal spiral, at a big boomer, and good hang time. It just feels super great. And so I'd probably have to go with that one as my favorite. But I've definitely got four or five that I'm going to pull out next year, such as uh, hooks. And uh, I've got a pretty good knuckleball that I'm working on too. But it takes quite a bit of practice, and I want to get pretty consistent before I ever try pulling it out in game.
2: And you can't beat a good bum. Yeah, there's nothing better than that. Can you tackle on special teams like Sam does? <laughs> I feel like I can. I hadn't. I didn't have a ton of opportunities
7: last year because we had a ton of good coverage guys, but I did register two tackles versus Idaho on kickoff. And I'm, I'm not afraid to hit anyone. You know, back here at UM, they'd have us run drills where we're, we're kind of like Oklahoma drill where the specialists would uh, be the running backs and we get to, you know, lay the wood on some people. And that was that was pretty fun. I always enjoyed that because uh, I grew up doing Taekwondo. So, you know, getting hit and pushed around a little bit wasn't anything new to me.
2: There you go. Uh, Brian Bushidi with us, uh, headed to Lincoln to kick for the Big Red. Brian, great to meet up with you, and thanks for the time today.
7: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It means a lot, and uh, go
1: Big Red. And now.
2: And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. That was fun to get caught up with uh, the Montana punter headed to Lincoln, Brian Bushimi. Also Emmett Johnson this hour. Jeremiah Searles, thoughts on the O-line coming up. Gary Barnett to kick off next hour. And you uh, went through the ringer weather-wise yesterday. We'll give you a chance. At some Jet Splash car wash gift cards. Coming up here before we say goodbye this first hour, a reminder about your friends at Aero Brokerage, Aero Capital, your full service real estate brokerage owned and operated by local investor uh, investors, and they specialize in real estate investment. It's a, a mighty team of talented realtors who help clients in all faculties with real estate. That includes buying and selling in staging, also investing in much more. Uh, be sure to uh, contact uh, broker Jenny Limbach today or realtor Marcus Schmidt. And a way to do that with Arrow Brokerage, Arrow Capital, brokerage at arrowlincoln.com. The website, arrowlincoln.com backslash brokerage and on the uh, social channels, Facebook at arrowlnk and on Instagram at arrow underscore Lincoln. Ferris Financial Group, help us all football season long and beyond, when it comes to road shows, in Ferris Financial Group, their goal is to educate and coach and help you work towards your investment goals. They specialize in investment strategy. Uh, that means helping with budgeting, planning, and overall strategy. And there's been a lot of transition for so many of us when it comes to a new job or going through a job change. They can help you contemplate those retirement goals, those retirement plans. Uh, get a hold of Ferris Financial Group today with Marcus Schmidt at 402 525 6824 or marcus.schmidt at lpl.com. You can reach out at Ferris Financial Group. Dot com. So we will dive into the Urban Meyer news. Blown out last night around 1135, got the text from Elijah. I was dreaming peacefully before being woken <laughs> up because I was snoring too loud. My wife was like slamming the pillow between us. There's a barrier up, like a barrier reef. And then she got over to the other side and started messing with the uh, the remote control that either rises or lowers the bed. She scared the hell out of me. <laughs> you know, she had that crazed look in her eye because I was snoring too loud, allegedly. Mm-hmm. So I didn't sleep the best last night because when you get woken up like that, you really never get back to sleep.
3: Yeah, and the, the same thing happened to Urban Meyer. Whenever you get woken up with a phone call saying you're getting fired at 1230 a.m., I'm sure you can't sleep the same after that. So well, you guys
2: kind of had a similar night. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not walking away with $17 million or whatever it is.
3: Well, we'll see if it's fired for cause or not. after he, he Was he kicked Josh Lambeau? Well, you've seen Lambeau kick, right? I, I probably wouldn't wouldn't be kicking him, though, still, if I was the head coach. I, I get it. The, but the quote was hilarious, like, objectively speaking, where Urban's like, I'm the head coach, I'll kick whoever I want.
2: <laughs> well, and, and, like, again, there's so much dirt coming out about Urban. Like, uh, you guys are a bleeping, bleeping staff, and I had a better staff at Bowling Green. So, speaking
3: of dirt... You have a great way for uh, listeners at home to get yes. some dirt off of their car here. Look at that. Yeah, with all
2: the with all the the wind and the rain and the wind activity yesterday, we'll take caller 5 and 6 right now. Caller 5, caller 6, gets a $25 gift card to your friends at Jet Splash Car Wash. Get it uh, cleaned up with all the weather you endured yesterday. Caller 5 and 6. Right now, 466 800 825 with Hale Varsity and ESPN. Gary Barnett next. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash Back to it, it's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel. Thanks for spending time on a Thursday. We welcome in Hall of Fame coach with Colorado and Northwestern. Standout player at Missouri and uh, should have been flagged last Friday for taunting with that uh, rib picture as uh, he is all over the barbecue. Gary Barnett with us. Coach, how's your week? Uh,
8: the week's been good, Chris. Just, uh, you know, it's it's nice down here. And just watching what's going on in the uh, recruiting and coaching world, it's it's a trip every single day, I'll tell you.
2: It, it is absolutely a trip. We'll get to recruiting and we'll get to the portal in a moment. But uh, we, we tweeted out the picture of, of your ribs, you did. And it was pretty miraculous, Coach. We like talking barbecue with you a lot. You are... A, a rib connoisseur, and you, you get to work and smoke a couple, three times a week, uh, and the ribs looked incredible. Were they as good as they looked?
8: They were as good as they looked. And uh, so I was, I like that time, that uh, five and a half hours at uh, 215 degrees, Chris, a little oak and hickory combined. It was pretty doggone good.
2: So you combine the oak, the hickory, and, and blue hog and brown sugar, right? Blue's hog, yeah. Blue's hog, yeah. And it's the Pinehurst Road Ribs.
8: Pinehurst Railroad Ribs. Yep, at the Pinehurst Brewery. They'll, they'll give you some information, but they won't give it all to you. So <laughs> so, you uh, can look it up, though.
2: The Before signing day, there's your first five-star right there. They looked incredible. Coach, uh, let's spend some time here uh, on recruiting and Nebraska's class was smaller. They've kind of mixed things up between portal and, uh, and transfer and 13 uh, kids from the high school ranks. And I, I'm interested here when when it came to recruiting for you at Northwestern and at Colorado. Fit was so important. How did you go through your board as you, you led up to signing day? To make sure you you got the right fits, and I know it's it's inexact, it's all projection. And uh, what what were your goals with each class from a number standpoint, as far as guys that actually ended up contributing? And I mean, how did you how did you go to work that way?
8: Well, every year you've got different holes that you have to fill, and you know, some year you may need to sign eight or nine offensive linemen, some year You may need to sign two quarterbacks. Some years you have to sign three or four running backs. But, you know, you wanted to get a little bit of everything. But before the season starts, you sort of set your goals uh, on what it is you need to do. Now, that changes as the year goes on, obviously. But um, you, you sort of set not rigid parameters, but you set some parameters to how many in each position you're going to take. And um, you, there's times in which you'll go over. There's times in which you'll go under. Uh, but at this point in time, it's important to no, know you're not finished. You know, you really, you really just got the first wave in. And there's a lot of recruiting time left. And now that the portal gives you, gives you so many more options than was ever there before, the next I think the next four weeks are probably uh, just as important as uh, what's gone on this whole year so far to get the guys that you signed yesterday. So it's uh, it's changed a little bit. But um, y- you know how many guys you have to have at each position in order to practice. And and you're, you're always looking at, at a course getting the best players you can get. But you also have to be able to practice. And that means... Um, you know, you need to take so many offensive linemen, and you may have to take a guy that's a little less of an offensive lineman than you could have taken at, at a, a position like a linebacker, because you've got to be able to practice, and that's always critical.
2: Gary Barnett's with us on Hale Varsity Radio, Coach. What would your what would your portal strategy be if you're Nebraska? For for quarterback, we've talked the last couple of weeks about Miles Brennan. He's staying home. I know you've mentioned Max Johnson, but uh, if if your coach Whipple and he says to say hi, by the way, I didn't get much out of him when it comes to you two playing golf, other than he had a good time. Um, <laughs> he but he says hello. You know the 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 cell the sellability of Whipple with what he's done. It also. You don't completely know what's on the market yet because there's still bowl games to be played. So how do you attack that if you're Nebraska with the with the quarterback need?
8: Well, you, you start thinning it out. You don't necessarily – you haven't necessarily decided on who it is. But, again, recruitability is an issue um, You know, anymore. And I don't know how it all works with – NIL, but that's got to have something to do with it. You've got to be able to probably now, unfortunately, pay a kid so much money to get him to come. And um, you know, all these guys are going going in the portal as a quarterback. You're probably you're gonna you're gonna land. You're gonna find a spot. Some of these other positions aren't gonna find some spots. I'm telling you. But as a quarterback, because it's so critical that position these days. Uh, if you've had any success at all uh, and you put yourself in the portal, you're, you're, there's no question you're going to find a place. Now, you've got to find the right fit for you offensively. you got to find the right fit for you coaching-wise. you got to find the right fit for you, perhaps, with, with the amount of NIL money that you may be able to attract. So it's getting complicated, and you have to have a staff that is pretty much just dedicated at that piece of it. And uh, it means you have to increase the size of your staff. Uh, and, you know, you've, you've got to, everybody's going to have to figure out how to do this. And um, there is no roadmap for it.
2: Coach, uh, what's your take on Slovis?
8: Slovis is an interesting guy. Um, where did I read? He, he's, his girlfriend plays soccer somewhere um, uh, in the Midwest, I think. But uh, okay, uh, you know, I I liked him as a freshman. I really did. I didn't see him out of high school. He's one of the many quarterbacks that come out of Arizona. You know, but I liked him as a when he played his first year, and. Um, You know, he he did struggle this year and threw a bunch of picks, I know. But I liked him. He's an athletic guy. I think that's got a lot of uptick. And um, the other thing is he's experienced and he's played in big games.
3: Coach Gary Barnett's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Coach, as more and more quarterbacks in the the transfer portal are finding their next spot, uh, it – it almost feels like Nebraska is a little bit behind the eight ball, but then there's other people who think, well, maybe it's better for Nebraska to wait, maybe wait till after bowl season, maybe wait till after spring football. So I, I want to get your take here. How important is it for Nebraska to get their guy now and be able to get them in the system and working, or do you think it's okay if they take their time a little bit and make sure they have the right guy?
8: Well, I think they have to. They have to get the right guy. And whether you've identified him now and you're ready to go after him or you're not quite sure and so you want to wait until the bowl games, it's more important that you get the right guy than you get a guy. Uh, It's it's not the ones that go somewhere else that beat you. It's the ones you take in your own squad that can't play that beat you. So uh, I think it's more important to get the right guy. Mark Whipple identifies the right guy. They go after him. They can't get him. They got to get the second best right guy, but uh, that's more important than, than going after somebody right now.
2: Coach uh, Nil, you mentioned it a moment ago. We know what uh, the, the the freshman at Ohio State made without really taking a snap. Now he's back at, at Texas. How would you, if you had Nil available uh, available to you? Would you help put a plan together? With boosters, with friends of the program, or how would you use that to your advantage?
8: Yeah, I would. I would have one guy dedicated, one or two guys just dedicated. I hire them right there. That that's all they're going to do. They're going to they're going to round up uh, and find a way to to manage all this for me. And uh, that's his specialty. I don't care if he, he never needs to coach a player, but he's got to help me figure this out and figure out. What's the best way for me to go about it here? Now, the the Ketsy part is uh, schools themselves can't make those arrangements for players, so that, that guy has to sort of walk a tightrope. Uh, and and of course, you know, they say that. But what what are they going to do? I mean, <laughs> it used to be you get punished. You know, if you get if you got caught, you get punished. Giving money to players. Well, that didn't work out so well either, so you know, I don't know what they're really going to do if you do arrange it, but because uh, there have not seen any uh, law in this, this wild west we're in. But there would be somebody on my staff that that is all he did. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a huge booster uh, roundup. It's, it's going out and seeking and finding people who are willing to help pay for it, uh, provide NIL money. Uh, it, it's a it's a it's a just a you know it's a cottage industry almost.
2: Coach, got to switch gears to Urban Meyer. Uh, let go last night from Jacksonville. A lot of reports out there that it wasn't uh, a lot of fun working for Urban or playing for Urban. Daryl Bevel's taken over, and kind of an awkward moment at the the presser today, where a reporter reminded Daryl that you know what you you may surpass. Urban's win total as you finish out the season, and he had no comment on that. Uh, did you think this was going to work out, or did you see this being a risk for Urban jumping to the NFL? Really, Jim Harbaugh is about the only dude that's done well in pro ball.
8: Yeah, uh, I, I thought it was a risk. Um, I I was sure he would take it, and um, I. For lots of reasons, there were reasons to take it. You were getting all these draft choices. You could pick your own quarterback, that piece of it. But Urban, you know, Urban, his style, um, I think, is being exposed at this point in time and has been exposed over the last couple years, maybe more than that. And so, um, you know, the total control, head football coach, do it, damn it or else. (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't work at that level, and uh, I think that's why a lot of college coaches don't don't make it. Is because they're used to total control, and there you have no control, you have no advantages, you get the same choice choice everybody else does. So uh, it's not a surprise to me. It was a little bit of a surprise that he axed him in the middle of the, of the season, not the middle, but towards mm-hmm. the end, after 13 games. But yeah, I I, I don't think anybody said that. Um, Urban was a sure bet to make it at that level.
2: So, does Urban go back to college? Does he go back to TV, or what next?
8: Yeah, good question, uh, Chris. I think he's got to reinvent himself. I don't think he go. I don't think he'll go back as a college coach. Um, just because you know what, college coaches have just recently in the last year lost all control, <laughs> most right. of the control. That made him a good coach, made him successful as a coach. Mm-hmm. You don't have control now, and uh, I don't think he could function at that level. So, and I think his health is still an issue. Fifty-nine years old, I, I see him going back to TV if he has a chance, uh, but he may he may have wrecked that opportunity as well with the recent tapers yeah. that he's pulled off
2: so the last question here gary barnett with us on Hale varsity radio is your guy eric b enemy uh some say finished runner up to urban in jacksonville you've got a quarterback like trevor lawrence we know what the enemy's done and andrew andy Reid with mahomes and kc do you think jacksonville is that a job you want to you want a job but is jacksonville too big a mess what's your feel here on the enemy's next move
8: well, I think that uh, when you want a job, you uh, you just go. You, you have enough faith in yourself that you can go turn it around. Uh, this the thing Eric would have to look at there is that how many coaches have they gone through? I mean, how many uh, directors of operation? How many? Uh, you know, Coughlin was let go. I mean, look at all the guys that have been let go there. I mean, it's it's it looks to me like it's the Jets, but down south.
2: Oh wow! <laughs> did you ever have a shot at going pro? I did really Tell me that what happened
8: well I had two two really nice opportunities, but in the end um it wasn't me, mm-hmm. and I knew it. I knew it wasn't going to be me, and I had found myself when i when I got a chance to coach college' age kids um that was as much fun as I ever wanted to have. And that was, I knew that's my, that was my niche. And I think one of the things that happens to many of us is the old Peter principle, we promote, we promote ourselves to a position of incompetence. Mm-hmm. And I think that happens to many of us. And so I didn't necessarily always want to coach the best players in, in, in the world. Um, I wanted to work with, with young people 18 to 22 that's really what my niche was and fortunately i knew enough football where i could coach football but i really wanted to, to work with youngsters as an educator hmm. and that wasn't going to happen anymore if i went in the nfl hmm. and i just never had a big interest in doing it
2: coach thanks for sharing that you have a, a great rest of your weekend and hey that was uh fun to get caught up coach we'll uh, we'll get some bowl picks from you here next week before the holiday
8: Sounds great, Chris. Good being
2: with you. Thanks, Coach. You take care. Gary Barnett with us yeah, here on Hale on. Varsity. Appreciate his time and perspective. Jeremiah Searle will talk some online with us next.
6: Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, And all premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for ten dollars off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's Hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR.
1: He's in his thirties, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a pre-teen Swedish boy
2: Back into it at Tail Bar City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, our favorite sideline man, standout NFLer, great Husker, Jeremiah Searles with us, who apparently doesn't like going sleeveless in December when you're not playing ball. Searles, you're whining about this weather. How are you?
9: I'm good, man. I got geese flying over my house because there's not a cloud in the sky and it seems like a March day. And I just want to shoot things in the face when hunting season's hunting season. <laughs> but this weather's
2: just atrocious,
9: dude. I mean, not even a dozen Dusting the snow before Christmas. Yesterday was a nice balmy spring day with a nice thunder shower. I mean, it's just unbelievable.
2: How's the uh, family trampoline? It's, it's in
9: pieces. It looks like someone picked it up and crumpled it up and then threw it back down. So I had it ratchet strapped down, but it just it popped one of the ratchet straps out of the ground. Jeez. So there's a lot of cleaning up going around on my street this, uh, today. Wow, what a storm. And then I felt like I blinked and it was over. So, all being said, I, I think it's good
2: that it was quick. It did better time on the interstate than you. That's how fast the storm was. So, <laughs> yes, this so, is true. Cyrils, what do you think of the recruiting class? It, it was fun to get a
9: chance to do that signing day deal with the Huskers.com yesterday and, and check them out. And I really love uh, Andorf coming out of Minnesota, that big tight end. I think he's. Fits that tight end room so perfectly with the departure of Allen, but you got Vokalek, Fedoni, big bodies in that tight end room now. That's a big one. The one thing that uh, you could say is I looked and noticed that no, not a ton of O linemen in this recruiting class. And I think that's because we're going to go and really hit the portal hard for O linemen. I mean, it's great to rebuild with young guys. We need an immediate impact on that offensive line right now with some key positions. I think we're going to make a big portal jump there, but I really like Victor out of Orlando. I think he's going to be a really nice big receiver to see he does a lot of yak after mm-hmm yards after the catch in high school they use them on bubble screens they use them on a lot of things so excited to see what he's be able to get here and do and then you got Gould and that's probably the most ready to play corner coming into this class and so I think that really with the staff and how quickly the staff got put together and the ability to put together this recruiting class I'm pretty impressed with some of these guys coming in
2: what, what's your take on Kevin Williams we talked to him yesterday he's an Omaha North guy was at Northern Colorado super hungry Man, he wants to be uh, be in the NFL, and, and you know a lot about that because of your time in the NFL. And not only did you get there, but you stayed, and you stayed for a while. You and a lot of your buddies on, on some of those uh, really high-level Nebraska offensive lines. I love his attitude, but I think there's some talent there, and, and you know way better than I do film-wise on on what you see. And Williams could be a pretty big asset at guard.
9: Yeah, I mean, when you're, when you're talking about you're losing Matt Schichterman, who's a starting guard, you now lose Cam Jurgens, so someone's going to have to step into that center role. You're your interior 3 is really much a question mark again. And uh, when you can bring a guy in that's got some playing experience, he's got a big body, big frame, you know, I think he needs to play a little faster with his hands. But overall, I think he can be an upgrade. I think he can develop. Um, again, it's a good test for Donovan Rayola, too. Hey, how does he develop guys? How does he bring guys into the next level? I mean, we have a lot to – see from him and i'm excited I got a chance to chat with him a little bit yesterday and excited to see what his plan is for the offensive line room and how he plans on helping getting those young guys developed in the right way but i really think that kevin's a guy that could come in and make an immediate impact as well
2: jeremiah searles with us on Hale varsity radio sideline man for nebraska husker standout longtime NFLer at searles 71 underscore hskr it's where you follow him on twitter searles what's your reaction to cam jurgens uh, did Cam reach out for advice at all to, to you or some some of your peers? Or, hey, uh, time is time. It's time for him to go make some, some dollars.
9: Yeah, he, we, him and I chatted a little bit. I think he chatted with a lot of people around the program. I'm sure Greg Austin, I'm sure the, he put his name into the committee to see where he'd come back. And ultimately for Cam, I think it came down to a couple things. One, he's played four years of football. Uh, he's been here for four years already. He started three years. I think, number two, this is the first season he's finished completely healthy. And you want to go into the NFL off of a healthy season. It's really hard to try and get drafted or break into a camp if you're coming off an injury from the previous season. And he's never finished a full year until this year. And he put it all together this year. I mean, he played some really good football this year. He was able to put together his best year physically mentally. And I think the last factor of it was the departure of Adrian Martinez. I think the center quarterback connection is pretty special and when you lose your quarterback and you know you're going to be dealing with a new quarterback and a new offensive coordinator and a new O-line coach there's just a lot of factors that go into it and the name of the game is getting into the NFL as quickly as you can so you can try and get to that second contract as quickly as you can while you're still a young man um because when you turn 30 in the NFL you're a dinosaur so <laughs> you're trying to you're trying to reach your your peak as quickly as possible so I think ultimately
2: Cam made the best decision for himself and his family. What do you see from him at the next level?
9: He's a center. Um, I think some people might try him at guard, but, I mean, if you want to compare him to someone, and, and the NFL loves comparisons, right? Like, I can already see it now. He he gets drafted, and Todd McShay pulls up. Well, this looks just like Kelsey from the Eagles, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he, it's just exactly his type of style of play. And so that's going to make him, and this is the way people don't understand, it, like, well, he's a third-round pick. It's like, well, He's a projected third round, but that means that he's a right fit still has to be there for him. He's not an offensive lineman that everybody's going to want, right? Like, he's not a Tennessee Titans, downhill, 330-pounder, double-teamer. He's a zone-scheme center that can be really athletic, reaching nose guards, getting up on linebackers, a lot of the Philadelphia Eagles, a lot of the Minnesota Vikings. Um, there's a lot of teams that he fits really well on, but there's also some teams that he doesn't fit well on, and that's just the nature of the beast in the NFL.
2: Jeremiah Searles with us. A few minutes. Hail Varsity Radio. Searles, let's talk about Donovan Raiola. Had a chance to sit with him a little bit, as did you yesterday. He's super um, to the point is the way I'll say it uh, with, you know, when when you're talking to him. And I, I think he's real cerebral. All that being said, man, I think he's going to be uh, a pretty good voice for those linemen. And, and I think fundamentals are a, B, and C for him. That's what he loves, and, and I think he'll connect. You tell me, what was your takeaway with, uh, with Donovan?
9: Yeah, I, I think you nailed it on the head there, Schmitty. I think a lot of what he wants to do is building guys from the ground up. Um, he wants to focus on, in my opinion, he, he, he didn't call it this, but I call it this the big five, right? It's your eyes, your, your stance, your eyes, your hips, your hands, your feet, and your mentality. And I think that when you really look at all that stuff, it's what makes a great O-lineman is what makes really good to average O-lineman great. And he's going to start from the ground up. And when you look at this room, it's full of developmental guys. With the departure of Cam Jurgens, I mean, there's not a guy in that room that I would say is NFL ready. And that's the ultimate goal, right? You want to make sure you want to try and get all your guys a chance to be NFL ready because if you have NFL ready offensive linemen, then you're going to have really talented college offensive lines. So coming from the NFL with him, he has the experience. He's worked with a lot of line coaches in the NFL. He's played in the NFL. He knows exactly what he's looking for, and he knows exactly what he's going to get out of these guys. And there's going to be a little bit of a coming in and establishing the culture of what his room's going to be, and that's going to be hard for some guys. Other guys will adapt well to it. But ultimately, I'm excited for him, and I think he's going to do a really nice job.
2: Tough, disciplined, athletic. I mean, he, he, that's what he wants and needs from his offensive lineman. He was asked yesterday about, you know, what's the number one thing with an offensive line, and he just kind of s- stared. And he wasn't making a deadpan joke. It was staying on sides. I mean, he was. He, he, he has reviewed some things, but it's also a clean slate type deal. And Searles, give me a look here for the spring. I mean. What what do you think he's working with, and what do you think is still kind of missing? And, and I know we're still a ways away yet from, from even winter conditioning, but there are guys that are still here that have played some ball.
9: Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing that he's going to want to get is, first of all, he's going to have to figure out the run scheme that Whipple, Frost, and him are all going to want to put together, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to be really important of establishing those type of blocks, establishing, is there are we a zone? Are we a power? What are we? And then implementing those blocks, those techniques and fundamentals in the individual periods to the team, group periods to the team periods, and start building because he needs to find the best five mm-hmm. that are going to implement the best run scheme. Right? I mean, if we flip a little bit of what our scheme is, that's not saying that, hey, maybe Turner's not a left tackle. Maybe Turner's a center. Right? Maybe Turner's playing center for us. Or maybe, hey, maybe Nuri's a center now, and we're moving Henry at guard, and there's a lot of moving pieces. Especially with Teddy coming off the ACL, I mean, who knows how ready to go he'll be for all of spring ball, right? So, for, for Donovan, he's got a lot to do in spring, and a lot of it, too, is just going to be learning his players. I mean, he can turn on camp, camp tape or spring tape from last year, or fall camp, and look at the starters, right, in the 2 deep. But he's got a room full of guys that don't have a lot of tape on them. He has to get his eyes on them for the first time with pads on and, and see what they're all about. And so, spring's going to be very much an exploratory mission for him. As they start trying to figure out how they want to run this offense, who's going to be the best five up front, who's going to be the two deep, and who's contenders and who's pretenders, right? That's really the big thing you try and start finding out in spring with the new O-line coach.
2: What's your take on Whipple? I, I love sitting down with him.
9: I like him a lot. I haven't got a chance to sit down with him yet, but just listen to the things he says. I mean, he's got a proven track record of being able to develop quarterbacks, develop passers. And um, I think a lot of people are a little concerned about the the run the damn ball person's a little concerned, (laughs) but I mean, this is still Scott Frost's offense, still Nebraska. I don't think Whipple's going to come in here and start being like, we're going to throw the ball 65 times a game. And I just don't see that happening, but I do see a more of a quick pass game being involved. I mean, so much of our pass game in the last two years has been big, deep crosses and long developing plays. I feel like we've been lacking in the quick passing game. And so I think that's going to be, what he wants to bring in, because quick passing and running are very similar in that front. And so I think you're going to see an evolving offense. I think Scott and Whipple have, two of some of the better college football minds for offenses. You combine those two guys, really start to see what they can do and create. You get a quarterback in from the portal, but, I mean, even looking at Torres, who Mm -hmm. they brought in, I mean, that's a guy that is big, athletic, and can run and has some mechanical issues throwing the football, but he has the intangibles, right? You you heard Whipple talk about how – all his quarterbacks have been kind of pricks, and I, I think that not a prick, but you can see that moxie coming from Torres about what he talks about, how he carries himself, and so you wound that on top of Harburg and on top of Logan Smothers and whoever comes out from the portal. Cool quarterback room for him to get a chance to work with and really allow these guys to compete and develop. And I mean, hopefully we got another Kenny Pickett in there somewhere, right?
2: Jeremiah Searles with us, hail Varsity Radio, a sideline man for Nebraska and a standout Husker offensive lineman and uh, NFLer. Searles, before we go, your 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 quarterback is now the O.C. Uh, big fan of Lincoln North Star and Tommy Armstrong. What's your reaction?
9: Yeah, that's really exciting for him. I mean, he's he's been looking for his next pass out of football since he retired. We know he's been playing in the Arena League, but I know he loves to work with young kids. I know he loves the development of players, and so seeing him be able to give back i mean really i mean being a coach and lincoln's not exactly breaking the bank so he's he's really kind of donating time and donating his skill set to be able to go in and help these kids and help that program and so really excited for him and i've already kind of reached out to him like hey if there's anything you need for me let me know i will not be coaching but i can always do a little <laughs> consulting
2: on the side cyril's good stuff man uh, we'll get caught up and thanks for the time today
9: absolutely appreciate it go big red
2: Good stuff from Searles. Danny Burke on the way. Hands on the wheel. Eyes on the drive ahead. Uh, Be safe. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast ten dollars off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than twenty dollars, can get everything we produce: ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at Havelarsity.com. Just go to Havelarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the. Promo code GBR for ten dollars off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR.
1: And we're back, fellas. I think we could listen
5: to the radio listen?
1: on Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes,
3: that's awesome.
2: Back into it tale, Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Burke's Best Bets. Danny Burke with us from Decent Sports Network. His show, the nationally syndicated Rush Hour, six to seven weeknights. Of course, his podcast. Follow Danny on Twitter at Burke 5 Pride of Chicago, my friend, a pretty good slate of NFL. And uh, you got to be smiling here, especially with kickoff coming up here tonight with the Chiefs. And the Chargers uh, junior got the full KC experience last uh, Sunday, and let's just say the the uh, the beers per capita uh, well above the legal limit.
5: <laughs> look, I
0: saw those pictures, Smitty. It looked like a blast. I was jealous. You making your way down to Arrowhead. And look, speaking of which, how about Kansas City? They're on a roll right now, and there were talks of them missing the playoffs. What about a month ago, maybe more? But their defense has turned it around. It seems like. They've kind of gone back to what they've done best offensively. But does that mean it's, you know, warranting a bet tonight? I'm not so sure, Smitty. I mean, this line, you can find it at about three and a half. And if it's at three, I'm probably staying away. But for the fact that I'm also getting the hook, I actually took it with the Chargers. Now, personally, there may be a little bit of bias factored in here because I'm sweating out a Brandon Staley Coach of the Year ticket in. You know, Bill Belichick's the front we're on right now, and I still got Cliff Kingsbury too, so you know he kind of helps. But you know, if the Chargers win the division, I feel like that's pretty solidified for him. Nevertheless, tonight, three and a half with the spread, Schmitty is as good as the Chiefs have been you know, it's a division opponent, it's familiar, it's a revenge spot, but that first game happened so far away in the past, what, like week three or something like that, that I feel like this could be an aberration to that. Now, yes, the Chiefs could, of course, win, but that's why the hook becomes so crucial, and both teams are a little bit banged up, having COVID issues, but Justin Herbert and his offense have been so solid this year, if they're calling the right plays, if you're getting protection to Justin Herbert, and Kansas City's defense has looked better, but you know, it's been with helps of going against teams not in a good spot. I mean, the Cowboys was a really impressive performance aside from that one. It was against Jordan Love, the Packers, the Raiders twice and I forget who the other team was. But they're giving up over six yards per play overall this season, which is second worst. And the Chargers are third offensively in averaging yards per play. I think they match up pretty well for this to at least warrant the bet because of the spread to take it with the Chargers. And also Schmidty, last thought here basically You know, when everybody's on one side in a primetime time game, typically the other one comes through, and over 80% of bets are on the Chiefs with the spread. And I'm sure people will keep laying it, even if it's 3.5. But this thing is going to come down to 3. So if there's a 3 in the hook out there, I advise you to take it sooner rather than later.
3: Danny, based on everything you said there, how do you feel about the over, 54 points? To me, it felt a little bit inflated uh, based on a little recency bias, what the Chiefs went and did to the uh, the Raiders last week. Uh, but also Thursday night football, not typically known for a lot of defense. Well, just 54 points. If I had to get your read, it sounds like you'd be taking the over?
0: Well, so that was my original thought, but I like what you said and pretty much what I would say. At this point, it's kind of inflated because this thing opened up you know, around the 50 mark, and then it's just been going up and up and up. But at this point, it's gotten so out of hand that there's probably going to be some buyback on this under. And kind of like you said, too, I mean, primetime games, they, oddly enough, they started off this year cashing a lot of overs, but typically they're great under spots because everybody watching the public-wise always wants to hammer the over, and typically the public gain hitting their back. But this, I mean, offensively, of course, you know, this could be, you know, a 30 something to another 30 score type of game and you get over it in the 60s. But this all depends to me more so of what the Chargers defense can do because they're a little bit banged up in their secondary. If they can limit Patrick Mahomes and company, then the Chargers don't need to go off necessarily offensively. It's just about what their defense could do to limit Mahomes. So if you think they can limit him enough, I would shade toward the under now that it's upwards to, like you were saying, 54. But if you think it's just going to be, you know, free reign for Patrick Mahomes and the Chargers are playing catch-up, then I could see the argument for going to the over. So um, aside from that, it would probably be a small lean to the under, but I'm, I'm more of a fan of the spread tonight.
2: You know, the only team, and you mentioned the Jordan Love factor, uh, the Kansas City has has beaten of, of substance, and, and right now they're they're a wild card. Is Cleveland? Otherwise, they feasted on the NFC East. Period. Hey, they beat oh, the Broncos. Exactly. The Broncos are a good team for now. They're <laughs> seven and six, and that's where we're going next. Is Denver and Cincinnati? What a comeback by Burrow and company! But it wasn't enough. The Donks and Teddy minus two and a half Sunday. What do you think about this ball game here, Danny? What's the angle?
0: I think this is one of the more intriguing matchups of the slate. And I bet against the Bengals last week, full disclosure, because I think they're finally playing like a team that they were supposed to really for the whole course of this season. You know, some of the stats, if you look at the underlying ones, are starting to catch up with them. And the Bengals, it's tough, though, because, you know, you talk about the Broncos and there's always a narrative of them playing a little bit better at home in Mile High City. And last week was certainly a very emotional game, and you're going against the Lions too. So you don't want to factor in that recency bias, but that's kind of a large part in why you're seeing the spread, be where it is because the Bengals have taken a little bit of a dive, sort of banged up. I think your best – I I guess I got two angles. My first one that I did was betting a total under 44.5. Both teams really like to run the ball. The Bengals can get Joe Mixon going. That's going to be their main source of offense. And on the other side with the Broncos, they got the dual threat of Devontae Williams and Gordon. And if they can get that going themselves, that's what they're going to do. So that's going to wind down the clock a lot, and I think it could be kind of a gritty, slower paced game. So I played it under 44-and-a-half with the total. But if you're looking to do something with the spread, we talk about teasers, Schmitty, Elijah, I think mm-hmm. there's a great one here. I mean, you could tease up Cincinnati from about, like, plus two, plus one-and-a-half, wherever you get your book at. Tease them up through the key numbers of 3-7. And, and The Bengals probably do keep this close. I'm not completely sold that they win this game because they are in a tough spot. But give yourself that extra cushion and look to tease up Cincinnati. I think that's your best way to handicap it.
2: Danny Burke, Burke's Best Bets with us. Hale Varsity Radio, VEASAN Sports Network. A couple minutes here. Uh, Ravens, Packers, the other big one Sunday, minus 5.5, Green Bay at home. What's your lead?
0: So this one really all depends on the status of Lamar Jackson. And if Lamar's seeming like he's going to play, or at least you believe it because, you know, by the time you find out it's going to be too late, I I would think taking the points with Baltimore is the right move. As good as Green Bay has been, and it's not me being a Bears fan here, (laughs) sometimes the Packers, you know, on the road, they kind of play these tough, close games, and Baltimore's in a banged-up situation dealing with a lot of adversity. But if you're giving me those points with the home underdog, and Lamar Jackson, and a Harbaugh team that is desperate for a win here, I gotta take it. I-, I don't think they win this thing outright, but if Lamar is close to 100%, I think you gotta take the points in that situation. I'm still not 100% convinced on this Packers defense. Yes, they have been proving me wrong every week, and I gotta tip my cap. but I think when it you know, push comes to shove in a tough game like this against a mobile, dynamic quarterback. I would look to take the points with Baltimore, but it all depends on Lamar Jackson.
3: Danny, last thought here, probably about 30, 45 seconds. Any college football bowl games you're looking at this weekend as we're getting underway into the bowl season? Uh, I know we have the Bahamas Bowl, the uh, Camping World Bowl. I guess that's the Cure World, the Cure Bowl now? I've never even heard of that. Don't even know what that's
0: advertising. But any games you're looking You'd at this weekend? You have to
2: weekends. go to postseason to hear about it. <laughs>
0: Well, that's the best part of these bowl games, just seeing what the sponsors are. That's the most fun. But uh, <laughs> the nearest game that i back coming up was App State minus three. That game's going to be a shootout. I think there was. They're going against Western Kentucky. It's been a minute since I looked at the handicap it because I did it right away. But App State's defense will be the difference maker in that game. Should be a back-and-forth battle. But I like the Mountaineers. Well, they've won every bowl game since 2015, too. So that's the one college bowl game in the near future that I'm playing. I think I took a money line. Now they're minus three. I think you can't go wrong either way.
2: Visit Sports Network, Pride of Chicago. It's Danny Burke at Danny Burke 5. Danny, we'll talk next week. Hey, you bet, guys. Take care. Like what
6: you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do 10 issues of our monthly magazine our annual football yearbook and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code gbr for ten dollars off a full year of hail varsity that's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe promo code gbr
1: miss us come here brother give me a hug bring it in for the real thing we're on call for you catch the podcast at hail the espn lincoln app or download them on itunes saddle up partner back to hail varsity radio
2: one final time hail varsity radio presented by the nebraska lottery Chris Schmidt, elijah herbal we are Efforting Deb the Spa Lady, Home Innovation Spas, 20th and Highway 2. Spasonline.com is where you see Deb. you got to go see Deb. She's got some holiday specials. And uh, Deb is all over it with her and her friendly elves. uh, Ready to to deliver this holiday season. Uh, Try it one more time. Elijah's going to get after it. Good show today. Busy show. Gary Barnett. Wonderful thoughts on the portal, NIL, uh, Nebraska, and uh, a nice preview with uh, Slovis and uh, the USC quarterback uh, making his intentions known to go to the portal. Cal and Arizona and Nebraska, it sounds like, are in the running for his services. Emmett Johnson was incredible. Uh, Good running back out of Minnesota. He kicked us off. Nebraska's new punter uh, or will compete for the punting job joined us. Brandon Vogel previewed volleyball and uh, Nebraska Pitt get going about 830 tonight on ESPN. On the program tomorrow, Jacob Padilla, Parker Gabriel, Bill Dolman. And uh, do we have uh, Brody Watch in effect? Is that fair to say, Elijah?
3: Uh. Efforting, efforting, Brody. Also, efforting Deb. Uh, but efforting Brody. It's uh, it's a little bit tough with uh, the two hour time change because he's still in class whenever we're doing this show. So uh, we're working on you know Brody, what you got to but- do.
2: You got to call the uh, the office and and just say, hey, this is Elijah from ESPN. Uh, we need Brody to. St- I'm kidding. Don't ever do that. No, thank you. That's that's not good. Um, but you could you could do it. Deb with us? Deb, the spa lady joins us. Deb, uh, you got your Santa hat on and your Chief's swim trunks on while you're ready to watch football in a hot tub. Am I right? trunks.
10: My swim trunks. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Anyway, I'm trying to think of the day when I end up retiring. Am I going to say she's hung up her bikini? Nah. You can do swim oh, trunks, I bikini. I've hung up my swim trunks.
2: Well, <laughs> and and some folks, just depending on, on how they want to go, it, it, it's all natural. You're right. It, You know, I've heard so many
10: stories in my 31 years. <laughs> I've heard it all. I could write a book. There's so many things I don't really even want to hear. Tales about, from the <laughs> Hot Tub anyway. with Deb
2: the Spa Lady. Uh-huh. I could write a book. That is so good. (laughs) Uh, It's a future New York Times bestseller right there. (laughs) It is.
10: I am getting ready for the big night. What a night of sports. It is. Oh, so excited. I can hardly stand it. But anyway, I was busy at the store today getting deliveries lined up. You know, we are just trying to fit in every delivery we can before Christmas. And I have to say, so many of these people have been so very patient. They've been waiting six, maybe eight months for their tub, and finally it's here. We're going to get it to them. Whatever it takes, our little elves are working nonstop. So we're going to get it to their backyard. That's just how committed we are to our customers. So if you need a Christmas gift for the entire family, come out, pick something out. You can mark everybody off your list, and they will love it, and they'll love love you 24-7.
2: Deb, the spa lady, Home Innovation Spas, 20th and Highway 2 in Lincoln off Industrial Road in Omaha, SpasOnline.com. Go see Santa Deb, pick out a hot tub. Deb, real quick, hours of operation. Folks can come pick out that Christmas gift.
10: 10 to 6, Monday through Friday, 10 to 4, Saturday.
2: Deb, we'll talk again next week. Thanks so much.
10: Okay, sounds great. Bye-bye. at Media Production.